Welcome to the Open House Podcast. Conversations exploring life, faith and hope with Stephen O'Doherty. 50 people who experienced homelessness during 2018 and who stayed with the charity Dignity are sharing some of their story in a new book which is called Hands of Homelessness. Dignity is a charity that believes that housing is the first thing you need to do when somebody is in need of care and in particular facing permanent homelessness. They believe that if you can home someone very quickly, then you actually prevent them getting into that cycle that leads to permanent homelessness. You might remember that earlier this year in July, we spoke with the CEO of the organisation Dignity. Her name is Suzanne Hopman, where we learned, amongst other things, of homelessness not just being that old picture that we see of people who are rough sleeping. It's often people that you wouldn't expect, like the woman who lived on a train. She had been um, hiding her homelessness because she was scared that the children would be taken away from her. Um, so she was uh, taking them to school in the day and, and then going to, on the trains at night and travelling up and down on the trains, staying awake and alert to keep the children safe. They'd be going to, to bathrooms and disabled toilets to, to be able to shower and um, and. Um, and make themselves presentable and washing the, the clothes in the sink and things like that to make sure that no one knew that she was homeless. That story touched a lot of hearts and we had a lot of calls about this uh, wonderful organisation. Well, they've gone from strength to strength. They've continued to grow their reach during 2018 and they continue to care for people who have so many different reasons for needing to seek accommodation um, and who have found that through the work of uh, of the Dignity People. As I say, they've now released a book. It's in pre-order. It's available for Christmas. Shameless plug there. But it's a book that tells the story of 50 people that they managed to house this year. And the book is special because it shows people's hands in a special way. It's called Hands of Homelessness. And I'll let uh, our next guest explain why that's important. And that guest is Dr. Michelle Mulverhill. Now, Michelle is the chair of the board of, of uh, Dignity, one of the co-founders with Suzanne of that charity. Michelle, welcome to Open House. Thanks, Stephen. It's lovely to be back talking to you again. <laughs> oh, look, Dignity is one of the best stories we've covered this year, the Dignity Project, where you're providing relationship, dignity, meaning mm -hmm. and housing. They all go together, don't yep. they? All those things, Stephen. You know, we, we, we don't believe that doing things in a transactional way helps anybody. We do them in a relational way. And that's, I think, the key to our success and in our quest to try to end homelessness in Australia. Yes, yeah, so homelessness is not just rough sleepers. That's the image that it has. But homelessness yeah. is the woman who lives on a train. Um, and takes her kids to school every day. Homelessness that's is the, the one in, in their car or someone couch yes. surfing. That's exactly right. We have this image that a homeless person is usually someone who's sitting on the footpath, um, holding a cup out, asking for coins. That uh, that particular kind of person is 7% uh, of, of the population of homeless people in Australia. The other 93% are what we refer to as the hidden homelessness. And that could be in houses next door to your listeners or to me. It could be people sleeping in their cars down at the 7-Eleven at the back of them because they can have a shower there. It could be a, a young person who's worried about what's going to happen, so um, surfs the couches of her friends. All of these people make up what we call homeless people. And uh, the census of 2016 told us there were 
over 115,000 of these situations every single night in Australia. Goodness. And in this week where we're focusing a little bit on domestic violence issues, I did see a survey the other day. People asked uh, what is the major cause of homelessness, had sort of nominated drug abuse, alcohol abuse. But in fact, by far and away, the major cause is domestic violence, isn't it? Yes. Um, it, I think that's it, it, a two-pronged thing because, yes, it is frequently thought that uh, homeless people must be people who spend their money on drugs or on alcohol. And all the research, and the research you read, from uh, probably from Melbourne University that I read, um, points out very clearly the two-pronged thing. One is the domestic violence that's happening behind closed doors mm. that no one knows about, that no one sees, and that goes on for a very, very long time. And, of course, the second part of that relates to breakdown of relationships within families, which means I might be being beaten up at home or having a shocking time, but because I have a broken relationship with my extended family, there is no one I can go to. I can't go and stay with my uncle or my mum or whatever because the breakdown in families is massive and that's another hidden part of this whole situation that relates to people who go through domestic violence and then become homeless because they have no other option. Yes. Our guest on Open House is Dr Michelle Mulvihill. She's one of the founders of Dignity, which is a project that provides dignity and housing to people just as we've been speaking about. Now, Michelle, you've written a book, Hands of Homelessness, which tells 50 stories of people who have come through your Dignity program um, yes. this year. Now, let's start mm -hmm. with uh, exactly that problem we were just speaking about, domestic violence. Tell me about Simone. Well, Simone is a person who stayed with us um, this year in 2018 at Dignity. And in fact, all of the 50 stories in our book um, relates to and tells the story of people who stayed with us and whom we've been able to end homelessness for. Simone says this, she says, you can have a three bedroom house with a double garage and a car in that garage and nobody knows that you're being beaten up every day. And you honestly don't know where your next meal is coming from and you can't pay the mortgage because he controls all of the money. Mm. The kids are hungry and there's nothing to eat. It kills me. I reckon domestic violence has overtaken the biggest problems in Australia. Isn't that shocking in well, this day and age? Well, it is, and she's right That's to focus she on the hidden. Yep. She's right yes. to focus on the hidden nature of that. What happens behind yes. those doors that we drive past every day? It might be yes. someone in our own street as we as we drive home. Exactly, and you know, it's, one day I think someone will look back on the history of the Australian <laughs> garage door, and, uh, <laughs> and and as being one of the most uh, one of the greatest barriers to communication in neighbourhoods. We drive in, and down it goes behind us. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 funny. That's very funny. Uh, how did Simone come to you at Dignity, your well, charity? Yes, well, Simone uh, eventually decided that to summons the courage to take her children away from this environment. Uh, she went to a local uh, social work office and was referred to us through the Family and Community Services link to home line. Um, so they rang us and kind of booked her in. She and the children, two, two little girls, arrived. Um, they were given 
a la carte servers, VIP treatment, uh, uh, beautiful clean beds to sleep in, a very, very polished home. We do not put people up in rubbish houses. They're in very, very nice places. The kids were given toys, a bath. Uh, she was able to have a, a shower and wash her hair and have a cup of tea. They all had a hot meal because, you know, the next day you can feel so much better knowing that you're safe and that someone's looking after you. Mm. And have you been able to rehouse Simone? Is yes, that what I'm hearing? Yes, we did. Very, yes, very, very quickly, really, because Simone is a goer. She's, uh, she's a person who has some confidence left, amazingly, after what looks like five to six years of terrible domestic violence. Mm. We were able to help her uh, move uh, into a private rental situation uh, with the two girls, they a two-bedroom uh, apartment. We've been calling on her constantly, dropping off food and meals, making sure that she's okay because our, our housing first uh, policy uh, informs us that we need to get people a home to live in first and then let's wrap around the other services. Yeah. It's no good for someone like Simone sitting down and counselling her about domestic violence if she's got nowhere to live. No, very good so, indeed. Yeah, she's settled. The kids are happy. Um, and another program we're, we're working on at the moment is around children who are traumatised by domestic violence because, yeah. as people keep telling me, these are the hidden victims. No one even sees them. So we have a program about to get off the ground where we have psychologists visiting the, our homes every morning when children are staying with us to assess them and to work with the parent in educating them about what's the best way of managing the trauma for the child. So yeah. we hope that's going to make a very big difference. Wow. Well, your charity never ceases to amaze me, and, and we had a lot of interest when we spoke uh, with your colleague earlier yeah. in the year, and I'll give yes, some details for people yeah. in a moment. But um, So these 50 stories are in a book that you're selling. Tell me about the young student that you spoke to, the, the law yes. student. Yes, you know, young people who are students um, remain among um, a large population of homeless people. Um, Mitchell said that he started, oh, this is his story, I started law at Sydney Uni and quickly ran out of funds. I knew for a long time that my parents could not support me. They're just on a basic wage and they barely make it week to week. But I wanted to do well in life, so I'm studying law. So I have a $1,000 junk heap of a car and now I park around the uni and sleep in it every night. I wash at the student union and I wash my clothes there too and I hope they'll still be there dried out at the end of the day. Yes. I, I eat in the cafeteria when I can afford it or at the soup kitchens around the city. Sometimes I get help from the late night free food vans and sandwiches and pies are my staple diet. I just about live in the library. Sometimes I watch the footy at a mate's place. No other options, really. My part-time job at the pub helps me a lot, and sometimes they let me study there. You know, it's real hard when the cops knock on the car window and move me on. Putting yourself through tertiary education while homeless is not fun. It gets you down. But I don't want to end up poor like my mum and dad. Wow, your heart goes out to that young man. Oh, and you've been able to find a dignity have, in the house for him, yes? We have. He successfully completed his second year this year. Okay. We just talked to him the other day. He's passed his exams. He's very happy with himself. <laughs> we were able to find him a share house that was a decent share house, respectable, well-known, well-catered and organised. And, of course, once again, 
our people ring him uh, weekly, fortnightly, see how he's going, is there something he needs? We've also got in touch with the universities around town and said, hey, yeah. what about Just if we come by. in and talk to your librarians <laughs> and your student union people? So you could start to recognise when this is going on yeah. and maybe help them. Yes, and not treat them as a law and order issue. Exactly. Uh, isn't that Move the problem on. with this country, though? We so often see things in the completely upside down. Yes, it's our conflict uh, foundations, I'm afraid, <laughs> um, where it's punitive. Yeah, it is punitive. Michelle, what about the 59-year-old male who came to see you? Oh, well, Greg. You know, Greg was referred to us too. Uh, he was sleeping on the beach uh, down in the Wollongong area. Hmm. Um, working, this is his story, working my whole life in construction, probably one of the hardest things I faced was knowing I couldn't work anymore because of my poor health. Yeah. My knees have had it, so has my back. So I quit my job. And I lift off my savings, and then I cashed in my super, and I stayed in a motel until all that money ran out. It wasn't much, but it went. So then I found myself a share house with a couple of other blokes, but I couldn't access medical support, and my end goal was always to go back to work. But reality is the doctors agree I will never be able to work again. Mm. I felt so supported at the Dignity Emergency Accommodation. They even surprised me with a cake and party food for my 59th birthday. Oh, lovely. After being homeless for so long, I now have a nice little one-bedroom apartment that I can call home. I want to grow vegetables on the balcony and do some cooking for Dignity Dishes who feed people who are homeless. Yes, just another part of your uh, amazing charitable work. Well, Michelle, you've collated these stories. Uh, you've, have, you've put them into the first person. There were stories told to you and your colleagues. Right. It's That's in this right. book called Hands of Homelessness. Now, the hands yes. reference is really, really lovely. Talk about that. Well, we wanted to make this far more personal. How can we express something of the speaker without uh, letting anyone know who they actually are? They need yeah. to be disguised. Yeah. Some are, uh, need enormous safety around ex-partners and so on. Yeah. So we thought up the idea of what about hands? What about sets of hands? What about hands doing different things? Holding a dog, shaking hands, putting on a ring, having a cup of tea, driving a car or using a computer. And then we said, well... Who could take photos? We didn't want professional, shiny photos. We wanted good quality photos with real integrity in, in what they were trying to say. Hmm. So we cast our, our minds around people that we knew. Um, so there's someone who's an artist, an architect, a couple of people. They've won some prizes, actually, in photography in the Royal Easter Show. They're very good at it. A year seven girl from the local high school, an Indigenous student, hmm. um, who told me she really can't do anything very well. So now she's a published photographer. Um, and a, a young disabled woman from the, she, that's how she refers to herself, from the western suburbs of Sydney. Um, these people went out with the mission. We gave them the stories, maybe five or ten stories each. We said, go and get these photographs. And that in itself was transformational for them. Um, they're lovely photographs. This is the kind of book, um, from the look of the pre-sales that we have going on at the moment, um, everyone from a father rang me and said, I'm going to buy this book for my 15-year-old daughter because mm. she's really interested in this topic and in social justice. Mm. Um, true to 
parents who want to understand a bit more about homelessness or it's you know it's a very good coffee table read to to put on your coffee table it's an A4 size landscape design with a hard cover and dust jacket it's a very nice book to put on a coffee table in an office or in your home for other people to read and of course school libraries um, university libraries part of the curriculum <laughs> anyone who's interested in in human beings for a psychologist you make a great saleswoman <laughs> well thank you very much Stephen. thank you <laughs> michelle i've got to say that the thing that i really love about it is this everything about your charity is that you are redemptive you're redeeming things that are broken you're we giving back to. hope and you're restoring dignity to people and you do that i know because what beats in your heart is a yes. is a real um, Christian love of your fellow men absolutely. and women. Absolutely. If we can't offer hope, what can we offer? <laughs> and hope is free. It doesn't cost anything. Um, and I think we need to identify that far more often with people. You know, when we get alongside people who are homeless and tell them that they're okay, it is redemptive because we see this transformation take place. And, and in many, many cases, 98% of the people who, who come and stay with us and engage with us, turn their lives around, find somewhere to live and break the cycle, therefore ending home homelessness. One starfish at a time, Stephen. That's what we're trying to do. The website is dignity.org.au. That's correct. Michelle Mulvihill, thank you so much for speaking with us. Thank you, Stephen. Very, uh, thank you all the best to your listeners and I look forward to hearing your comments on how you've found the book. Thank you. <laughs> Well, you'll get them, Michelle. I went online last night and I ordered a whole bunch of copies that I'm going to give to people over the next month of festivities. Uh, the book is called Hands of Homelessness. And the, I found the best way to find it actually is just Google Hands of Homelessness. Hands of Homelessness. It'll take you to a page that lets you make a pre-order uh, with the book's printer. That's a pretty good way of doing it. And the name of the charity is Dignity. They're dignity.org.au. And you were just here listening to and hearing from Michelle Mulvihill. Michelle is one of the co-founders of that organisation, um, which was really formed out of a conviction that Michelle had and others working with her. Now, Michelle's a professional psychologist. She works in a range of fields, uh, including not only counselling, but training for people in organisations. We're talking about organisational health in the next hour, as a matter of fact. Um, but uh, it arose from their conviction that, you know, you don't just give, give a person emergency accommodation and say, we'll work out your housing problems in a few months' time. What they most need, especially if they're the victim of domestic violence and they've suddenly had to leave everything with their kids, uh, what they most need is a clean bed, clean sheets, cup of tea, a good night's sleep, somewhere safe to stay, and then Michelle and her team sit down with them and they say, look, let's work out these other things. But look, for the moment, you've got a home right here in this house that we've provided. They go on to be able to find um, permanent accommodation, as you've heard, and 50 of those stories are told in that book, Hands of Homelessness, from 2018 alone. You, um, The best place to find it, I realise, is actually on our, ho our Open House Facebook page, because I've put up a link there for you. So we're on Facebook at Open House Community, Facebook Open House Community, and you'll find the Hands of Homelessness link, and you can uh, make your pre-order, and I would love to know what you think of all of this. Discover more Open House podcasts at openhousecommunity.com.au.